Hey everyone, my name is Ritik Shinglot with UCLA Radio. Welcome to the first episode of Left on Red News. Over the past few years, social media has become a larger and larger part of where we get our news. However, after seeing story after story, infographic after infographic, we've stopped reading past the post. It's become more difficult to process the endless information being thrown at us because it's easier to keep on swiping and have headlines left on red. That's why my unhealthy addiction to Twitter has got you covered. This show is a weekly roundup of the news that you probably swiped past that you can listen to on your walk to class or drive to work or even while smoking a joint with your friends. It doesn't really matter. Agree with me or not, you can either sit back and listen to your crazy uncle regurgitate Fox News headlines, or you can be inspired to speak up and join the conversation and say, no, Uncle Phil, there isn't a conspiracy to place Hillary Clinton in the presidency by appointing Kamala Harris as a Supreme Court judge. Please forget about her, because we all have. Regardless, <laughs> tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. on uclaradio.com to hear the news live. Or find the Left on Red News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Cue the music. Let's get started. In the past year, Americans have seen the prices of goods and services increase enough to where we're questioning if adding avocado is actually worth it. The answer is still yes. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics released a report finding that inflation had caused prices across all consumer goods and services to rise an average of 7% last year, with gasoline up an average of 48.9% across the country. Officials had originally claimed that inflation would be transitory, caused by government stimulus and supply chain issues, and would return to normal. They are now advising that we refrain from using the word transitory when talking about inflation, because they really don't know if this will be a passing thing. Senator Elizabeth Warren had some questions for the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, head of the agency with the power to control monetary policy and curtail rising prices. She asked him to explain what was going on with corporations raising prices so heavily. His answer, because they can. Take a listen. Today, nearly two out of three of the biggest publicly traded corporations in the country are reporting fatter profit margins than they reported before the pandemic which doesn't sound like they're just passing along costs. So, so let me ask you, does that increase in profit margins combined with greater market concentration in industry after industry suggest to you that some corporations may be passing along increased costs and at the same time charging more on top of that to fatten their profit margins? That, that could be right. It could also just be, though, that demand is incredibly strong and, and that, um, uh, you know, they're, they're raising prices because they can. Well, that's the point. They're raising prices because they can and they're not being competed down. These corporations didn't only take the ball and run with it. They also took the opportunity to collectively dunk on millions of American consumers. Because almost two years into a devastating pandemic, corporate profits are at the highest levels in 70 years. Despite bitching about labor shortages and supply chain issues ever since the Evergreen got stuck in the Suez Canal last year, retailers like Target and Walmart, oil companies like Exxon and Chevron, and almost two-thirds of publicly traded corporations have all reported an increase in profits. Remaining relatively constant at around a trillion dollars a year from 2012 until the pandemic, combined corporate profits rose to $1.7 trillion as hundreds of thousands of Americans died throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Procter & Gamble, which reported making more than $14 billion in 2021 after raising prices in April, 
decided to give its investors $3 billion in stock buybacks instead of reducing prices on consumers. So if someone ever tries to defend trickle-down economics or says we should trust these companies to have the interests of the consumer in mind, you can give them a swift backhand. If you ask me, it doesn't make sense that we're paying more money for almost every good just so some vice president of insert useless department can remodel their country club home for the third time. A report released by Congressional Stock Trading Watchdog Unusual Whales found that Congress beat the market in 2021, meaning the stocks they invested in grew in value greater than the market on average. The perks of being a member of Congress don't just include eating in the fancy Capitol dining halls, riding around in the subway system below D.C. exclusively meant for them, and being able to fly to Cancun with your family during a statewide power outage if you're Ted Cruz. They also include sitting in on private meetings discussing bills, contracts, and proposed regulations for a wide variety of issues. Even though there are laws that prevent lawmakers from insider trading with this information, this did not stop them from buying and selling over $290 million in stocks and $140 million in options contracts in 2021. Included in these transactions are a number of very sus trades before and after key votes or contract announcements. Republican Congressman Brian Mast bought shares of cannabis company Tilray before voting for the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, which he then sold at an all-time high for a 563% profit. Before Lockheed Martin announced a $10.9 billion contract with the Air Force in November, Republican Congressman Kevin Hearn bought shares of Lockheed Martin in August and then again just two weeks before the news broke. Republican Senators Cynthia Loomis and Pat Toomey both held a considerable amount of cryptocurrency while writing regulations for it at the same time. You know, the only thing that would be more absurd than that would be if a lobbyist for the fossil fuel industry was in charge of the Environmental Protection Agency. Oh wait, that did happen. These highly lucrative trades aren't exclusive to the Republican Party either. Democratic Congresswoman and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi disclosed in March of last year that she put calls on Microsoft, meaning she was betting on the price increasing, almost two weeks before Microsoft announced a $22 billion contract with the Army. She's up 160%. In fact, Nancy Pelosi is considered one of the best traders in Congress. So much so that Unusual Whales actually created a portfolio that tracks her trades in hopes of duplicating the Congresswoman's incredibly lucky transactions that are totally not informed through private congressional information whatsoever. Shout out to Unusual Whales for the incredibly informative report. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer recently announced his retirement, saying that he would stay on the bench until Congress confirms a new justice. President Biden, who said during his campaign that he would appoint the first black woman to the Supreme Court, affirmed his position. And oh boy, has it got conservatives fuming out of their ears. Political commentator and national asshole Ben Shapiro had some fiery words on Twitter, saying, Joe Biden will nominate a black woman for the Supreme Court because he said he would select someone based on race and sex. And then we will be told that this is definitionally affirmative action and race discrimination is itself racist. Also, there's a reason Democrats never miss with our SCOTUS picks. They overtly choose wild leftists. That's the only real qualification. They wouldn't care whether Biden nominated an HLS grad who clerked for Breyer or Cardi B, so long as that person voted reliably left. That's my Ben Shapiro impersonation. Not the best, but I didn't want to embarrass myself. I love the ability for Republicans to selectively forget parts of history, because not only did Ronald Reagan pledge to nominate a woman for the Supreme Court in 1980, 
But Trump himself said that he would replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a woman just days after her death. It's clear that conservatives are not ones for moral consistency, but it says something when there are already calls for a nominee being unqualified when she hasn't even been named yet. Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett weren't appointed by Trump because they were the most qualified justices, but because they were young and could continue pushing a conservative agenda in the court for decades. One of the names on President Biden's shortlist is Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who graduated from Harvard Law and serves on the same court that three other current justices sat on before the Supreme Court. Jackson's 11-year-old daughter wrote a letter to President Obama in 2016, asking him to appoint her mother to the Supreme Court just after Justice Scalia's seat opened. Precious, right? But most importantly, black voters were crucial in the swing states that secured Joe Biden the presidency. He owes it to them to deliver on his promise and appoint a justice that will represent black Americans, especially black women, in the Supreme Court for years beyond his presidency. And honestly, Ben, I would rather have Cardi B on the bench than sexual predator Brett Kavanaugh any day of the week. Classes were pushed online at UCLA after formal postdoctoral philosophy researcher and lecturer Matthew Harris sent multiple emails to students and faculty threatening a mass shooting on campus with an 800-page manifesto last week. Students were only aware of the threat after it was posted on the UCLA subreddit, marking the first time it's been useful outside of complaining about Greek life or student government elections. Harris had been fired from his position at UCLA after sending vulgar messages to students and placed on a watch list by UCPD. Even though admin failed to communicate to students directly for hours after the threat, luckily the student body president's office was able to hire Vice Chancellor Michael Beck through Cameo to tell students literally nothing in a 30-second video filmed from his Android Galaxy S2. While Harris was in Colorado at the time of his threats, where he also attempted to purchase a gun in November, he was soon arrested and is now facing federal charges for mass shooting threats. Thank you so much for tuning into the first episode of Left on Red News. My name is Rutik Shinglot with UCLA Radio. I'll see you next week.